The energy transition is a long and winding road, and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com. This is Barron's Live. Each weekday, we bring you live conversations from our newsrooms about what's moving the market right now. On this podcast, we take you inside those conversations, the stories, the ideas, and the stocks to watch so you can invest smarter. Now, let's dial in. Hello, I am Alessandra Melito. Welcome to Barron's Live Market Watch Edition. Today with me is Abby Schneiderman, founder of Everplans. Welcome, Abby. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you so much, Allie. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So this is a topic that I think is super important and not everybody always considers when they're thinking about their estate planning or their wills or just organizing themselves. But I know we've had a few conversations about this in the past and I always enjoy them. So I'm going to just start with the first question, which is just about digital assets. What exactly are they and you know what does it include? And obviously, you know, this is a topic near and dear to my heart. Um, I love talk, talking about this topic. I actually was out um, this weekend with friends and somehow this topic came up. Um, so it seems like it's coming up all the time now. But digital property or digital assets can be thought of as any information about you um, or created by you that is in digital form, either online or um, in an electronic storage device, and it includes all the information necessary to access that in the first place. And so all of all of your digital property comprises what is known as your digital estate, which we can get back to in a bit. But um, okay, so so what is digital property? You could think about digital, there's a lot of things that are that are considered digital property. So first of all, it's ev- everything from your computer to your hard drives, to your flash drives, to your smartphone, to your music player, if you have one, um, digital cameras. Also think about it like um, information that's stored, whether it's stored online or in the cloud or in one of those physical devices. And then you have all of your online accounts, whether it's email accounts, social media accounts, shopping accounts, um, VR accounts, um, every any type of online account that you have should be considered digital um, a digital asset. And then you have things like domain names. I probably have a hundred different domain names that I bought 10 years ago and continue to buy. Those are all considered digital assets. And, and I bet you that my husband has no idea that I even have those and nobody has any idea that I even have those, but, but I do have them and for various reasons and somebody should know about them in the event that something happens to me, somebody should should know that they even exist because they could be valuable. They could be not valuable. Somebody should know what to do with them. Um, And then of course, any other types of um, intellectual property that you might own or copyrights, trademarks, or any any code that you may have written online. Um, And so it's really important because if you think about all of the different things that might be online, in particular, all of those videos or photos or, or you know recipes that you've put online on a blog. Um, there's just a whole host of things that people today need to think about when we realize that so much of our worlds happen completely online. And it sounds like even more, um, even more so every every day that continues. Absolutely. And so when I normally talk to people about estate plans or like you know making a will and things like that, 
they don't normally think of Facebook accounts or recipe blogs or, or things like that. But how do the digital properties that you mentioned, how does that fit into estate planning? Well, to, you know, historically, people thought of uh, think of estate planning as being about wills or uh, life insurance policies or their physical assets or their home. Um, and, and what's going to happen to all of those things in the event that something happens to them. But so much of our lives now are made up online. Um, online is, you know, is where we spend so much of our time. We have all of these accounts that are online. And now today, people are having to start to think about um, digital estate planning and, and making arrangements for the different types of assets that they have um, in the digital space uh, to, to be accounted for in the event that something happens to you. Because if you think about, you know, what happens if you if you don't start to think about those things, then you have hundreds of accounts online, you have assets potentially uh, online. And if nobody knows where those things are, what you want to have done with those things, it could be a huge mess. And you're leaving your family with, uh, whether it's a nightmare or just a mess or, or, or losing out on valuable um, assets. Uh, you, you need to start thinking about what these what these things are, making plans for them, um, and we we think that a really good idea is to is to start essentially just thinking about what digital assets you have in the first place. And so think about well, what 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 digital assets do you own? Make a list of those things. Everything from the hardware that you have. The hardware that you don't even realize that you have. Maybe you need to go take a look around your home or your apartment and, and take stock of what you actually have. Then think about what social media accounts do you have that are first, you know, first and foremost, the, the really important ones that you may spend a lot of time on. Um, online banking accounts or home utilities that you manage online. And be thorough. So start to think about all the different types of things that you have, and then you can start to prioritize which are the ones that you think are um, are most important? Which are the ones that would hold essentially the keys to your kingdom? Absolutely. So once you've done that sort of analysis, how is it like, what are the best practices for actually organizing it? Do you put it like everything in a document or, or you know, I know you're the master of this, so I'll let you, you explain cool. it. Well, so first it's about organizing the accounts. Then it's about figuring out what you want done with each one of those accounts. And so you might say, I have these three social media accounts that I'm on every day, but you know what? I don't really care about them. Just close out those accounts. Or you might say, you know what? I have, um, I have a Twitter account that I have 100,000 followers on and I'd like to you know, somebody to keep that up in my in my honor. Um, I don't know if that's if that's something that you would do or not, but you 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 should figure out how you want each one of those assets to be handled. And then depending on like we just said, depending on on what type of asset it is, you might want them handled differently. And um, and and then you should figure out uh, how to organize those properly. And you can do that in a number of ways. But we recommend first and foremost, that you have a password manager so that the passwords to your online accounts are stored and um, uh, they're secure and that they're shared with somebody in the event that somebody needs to get access to those accounts. And so getting ac access to the passwords is, is the first step. But then also um, there's plenty of services out there. Of course, Everplans, our, our service um, is a wonderful service where you can upload 
um, document, store, and share all of the important information that your family might need in case something happens to you, but there's other services as well. What we don't want you to do is leave the information in sticky notes all over your computer or in your desk drawer. I can tell you that I was having a conversation with my dad. This was probably about a year ago. And he said, in the event that something happens to me, everything is in the if I die file on my computer. And I said, well, okay, so if I needed to access the if I die file, let's pretend like something happens to you. Show me what to do. And he was like, okay, well, the password is written on, I said, well, how do I get onto your computer? He said, um, it doesn't have a password. You can just go onto it. So we go onto his computer and lo and behold, it has a password. I don't know the password. What's the password, dad? He doesn't remember the password. He says it's written on a sticky note and I've put it into my desk drawer. We open up his desk drawer, the, the sticky note's not there. He goes, oh, you know what? Actually, I put the sticky note under my desk so that nobody would be able to find it. I said, okay. And by the way, this is not how he keeps his passwords anymore, so don't don't get any ideas. Um, but so I, I look under the, the desk drawer, we find the sticky note. I type in the password, the password's wrong. He says, so I said, dad, just by the way, in the event that something happens to you, and this is how I have to access your digital files and, and all of these important accounts, I just want you to know I would be so stressed out at this moment. And so we realized that, first of all, storing stuff in sticky notes are is just a huge problem because things change, your passwords change, and you forget to update all of the places that you think are the places that you're storing those really important passwords. So that's why using a password manager, storing information in a password manager is really important. Choosing a service like Everplans or a service like Everplans is really important so that your family can stay up to date with all of those changes and don't get locked out um, at, at, by the way, like the most stressful time in your life. You don't want to be having to deal with finding passwords when all you want to be do, doing is thinking about the person, you know, situation or the emergency or whatever you're going through at that, that moment. Absolutely. Um, those are all really important points. And actually, so speaking of like who to talk to, um, how do you, how do you choose that person or how many people do you choose when it comes to, you know, sharing either the password to all the passwords or the, you know, password to all of your wishes? Right. Well, what you what you can do today is you can name a digital executor and the digital executor could be the same person that you name as an executor in your will, which, um, by the way, is very important. You need to create a will so that you can document these requests. But in your will, you could also name a digital executor. And the digital executor is the person that you designated to carry out the wishes that you've spelled out on what you would like to have happen with any one of those accounts or assets. And so who should you pick? Well, you should pick somebody you trust. And you might want to pick a few different people for different types of accounts. If there's anything sensitive or um, for example, I, I might name a digital executor to be my business partner for all of my business related digital accounts, but I might name a family member or my spouse to be a digital executor for other types of accounts or assets that obviously only I would, you know, I would only want them to have access to. And so depending on what type of asset, or you might have a friend who's your buddy in, um, in, in, online and and you've developed an avatar that uh, that you want to have them take over in the event that something happens to you. So there's lots of different ways to go about it, but the, the most important thing is that you start to think about it because it's just not something that people are thinking about today 
even though we're online all the time, we're not thinking about the fact that in the event that something happens to us, we have this whole life that exists online that some somebody needs to um, help us to untangle or unwind. Absolutely. I actually, I, I've noticed that with uh, with Betty White. So I absolutely love Betty White. And I see that on her Facebook accounts, um, her assistant, who I think they were, that was her assistant for decades, I'm not sure, but um, for years at least, she has been keeping the account alive in Betty White's honor by posting pictures of things that she knows her fans would like, like her signing her book or, um, you know, pictures of her with animals, which she was very popular for, you know, uh, supporting various animal charities. Um, so what exactly, I mean, I know there's no clear cut answer to this, but what are some common things that you've seen happen to either social media accounts or various digital assets like that? Well, first of all, that's such a sweet thing that um, that Betty White's assistant is doing. And I'm so curious to know if that was a conversation that they had, um, you know, prior to her passing away that in the event that something happened to her because no one ever thought anything would ever happen to Betty White, that um, that somebody would continue to to post in her honor and um, and on behalf of her. I wonder how long that's gonna go on for. Is that like forever or is that just for the next six months or, um, but that's an interesting, what was that? <laughs> I hope it's forever, personally. <laughs> we all hope it's forever, right? Um, and there's so many, there's so much, um, in, so many interesting th things to think about as the metaverse um, and, you know, it starts to unfold. And as more and more people start to create, um, you know, their digital worlds in the metaverse and what kinds of opportunities and businesses are going to spin up in the future uh, around keeping memories alive. And, um, and so I, I was actually, I was playing around on my Oculus with some of my teammates a few weeks ago. And all of a sudden I realized, oh my goodness, in the future, I'm going to be able to leave messages behind for, you know, my kids or for the future, you know, the, the future me will be able to play a big uh, role in the metaverse. And I think there's going to be a whole, a whole, um, a whole number of things that people are going to start thinking about being able to do in, in a whole different way. But um, so in terms of, in terms, I mean, there's, there's lots of stories that we hear about, it's a slightly different, on a slightly different note, but lots of stories that we hear about somebody dying and nothing happening with their social media account, nobody shutting it down, nobody realizing that they haven't shut it down or that they should shut it down um, after their, their family member passes away. And then the, the social media account keeps popping up in people's feeds. And so, for example, one of my dear uh, mentors passed away um, a few years ago, and I'm still getting notifications from that person on my LinkedIn feeds. And it's just super weird. And so it's, it's, and it's not what the family member wants. I've had this same situation happen to me when, um, when one of my family members passed away and I'm continuing to get notifications from them on social media, or I was at the time. And it's just, it's, it's kind of a yucky feeling. You don't want that to happen. And so you want to make sure that those types of things get, that get handled 
um, pretty soon after the fact. It's 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 quite eerie to get a notification on social media from somebody who is no longer alive. Definitely, and I think some services like Facebook they have um, like memorial. You can make it. Um, a memorial page. I think you can even authorize somebody to make it a memorial page. It's you can. You can, and you can you can figure out now. It's just I think what what people don't realize is that when something happens, it's just something they should do. Turn off turn off social media. I mean, unless the person wanted their social media account to continue to live on in its current state um, or has some other plans for it, but it's just something to be aware of that when. Uh, you know, when an emergency happens or when somebody dies that you have to think about their social media accounts and their social and, and their online presence, let's say beyond social media as something that you need to, you need to think about and you need to factor, um, you need to factor some decision-making into. Absolutely. So um, I, I know this is about digital property, but uh, legal documents like wills, powers of attorney, things like that. Um, how do you organize that or like uh, mesh it with the, you know, keeping track of digital property when, you know, making, uh, you know, when you're organizing or making an estate plan for others to eventually, uh, you know, fall through with. Right. Well, of course, if you're, if you're already taking the time to think about your digital estate plan, you should also be taking the time to think about all the kind, all, all of the things that go into being responsible and taking care of your family and making sure that you have um, that you've you've let your your family or loved ones know about all of the important accounts or things in your life or valuables or um, or important documents that you need to make sure they get access to. And so what we um, what we talk about all the time and we uh, we wrote a book that actually came out last year called In Case You Get Hit by a Bus how to organize your life now for when you're not around later. And what we talk about in the book over and over again is the fact that nobody ever thinks that something's going to happen to them. Nobody ever planned for the fact that we were gonna be in a multi-year pandemic. Nobody knows when their relative is going to get sick or when their you know, brother is going to die in a car accident. But things, these things happen to us. And when they do, they're big, they're big, they're obviously, you know, their nightmares, and if we're not organized, they they become so much worse. And what what we what we say is first, you need to just start to think about all of the different things that are in your life, and this goes beyond wills and life insurance policies and um, and your financial accounts and assets. But it it goes into thinking about your life as a whole. What are the things that, if something happened to you, would become a big problem for somebody else who needs to know about it or who's depending on you? And so. Um, we, the we, we, well, we actually do start by talking about passwords and saying the first thing that you should do is make sure that somebody doesn't get locked out of your world. And so give them the unlock code, give somebody the unlock code to your phone and to your computer and to any of the, uh, you know, major devices that, that you, that you have that they would need access to. And then start to think about what are those most important assets or financial accounts that you have? What's that primary bank account that somebody would need to get access to? What is the um, What are the major insurance policies that you already do have, if you have them? Um, and, and then of course, what are the, who are the important contacts in your life that would need to get contacted in case something happened to you um, 
you know, who are those people? Name, take five minutes and just do that. That should not take more than five minutes. It should be information that's probably off, off the top of your head. You might have to do a, a little digging for some account numbers if you're gonna go as far as leaving some account numbers. But that that should be step one. And then you should start to think about what are the things that you don't have? Have you not named a will? If you have um, any dependents, you need to make sure that those dependents are taken care of um, and that you've named guardians uh, in your will. You need to think about, are there insurance policies? Do you have life insurance? Do you have um, all the, if something were to happen to you, is your family going to be fin financially taken care of? And if not, you need to think about all the different ways that you're gonna make sure that they get financially taken care of. And then there's other, there's a whole host of other things that we want people thinking about, which are more um, emotional or um, more about you know, who you are and the legacy that you want to leave behind. What are the things that are important to you? What are your values? Are there letters that you wanna make sure get passed down to your children? Are there, um, in, in Ever, on Everplans, my favorite section in our whole site is our recipes section, where we have a, a way for you to leave behind family heirloom recipes that get passed down from generation to generation. In my family, it's a cookie recipe that I make with my mom almost every week when we're together. And this was a recipe that was passed down from my grandmother and that I wanna make sure gets passed down to my kids. And every time I'm make, I make the cookies, I think about my grandmother. And so th these are the types of things that we feel like are not traditionally thought about when people are thinking about estate planning or digital estate planning, but they are the things that end up bringing back memories and can be the things that end up making the person live on in your mind and uh, for generations to come. And so we think those kinds of things are really important. And then of course, if you wanna be, um, if you wanna go the extra mile, let's say, you can even start thinking about your funeral planning. And obviously this is not something that, um, you know, most, uh, 25 or 30 year olds are, are thinking about every single day, but it is the kind of thing that you can even have a fun conversation um, with your family around. And if you're not talking about it for your, for, because you're just not interested in, um, in, in thinking about it for yourself, it is the kind of thing you should start thinking about for, for your family. And in the event that something were to happen to somebody else in your life, do you know what they would want? Because if you're the one having to make those decisions, um, trust me, you don't want to be the, the one making those decisions. Definitely. So um, I had I, cryptocurrencies are a financial asset, but I know that they're obviously also a digital asset. And it's something that just like bank accounts, you have to log into and anything like that. But they have grown in popularity in the last few years. Um, just overall, like how do you organize something like that? Or where does where do cryptocurrencies fit into the estate plan in general? Sure. Well, they're, they're, um, it's obviously a, a big area uh, today and something that people definitely need to be accounting for. And, um, and just like the other assets, any other assets that you have, you need to make sure that you've documented what cryptocurrencies you have. And then even more importantly, teaching somebody or showing somebody how to access that. Because we all, you know, for anybody who's tried, um, you know, working with cryptocurrency, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of different types of accounts that you might have. There's a lot of different wallets that you might be storing your currencies in. And you might be somebody who's very digital, sa digitally savvy, digital have, you know, 
You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> you, you might be digitally savvy, but you're the person or people that you're leaving behind who might need to be accessing this in the event that you're not there may not be. And so making sure to leave behind really, really specific instructions and making sure to keep those instructions up to date over time is really critical. And that's what we would say is just don't forget to document what you have, make sure that somebody knows what you, you know, what you have, where they can find it, how they can access it. And, um, and then of course, what you want done with those assets in the first place. Definitely. So I just have two more questions. Um, the first is about the emotions around something like this. You know, sometimes I speak to people about estate planning and regardless their age, they could be 25, 55, 75. It's not something that they jump to talk about. Um, they don't want to think about it or deal with like the, the hassle of putting everything together. So the first question for you, or the first of the last two, what, uh, how do you, how do you tackle something like that? Like, how do you get over the overwhelming feeling and get yourself started? Well, right, exactly. Because, and, and your, my response might be, might be not what you're looking for, but what we, what we typically try to say is actually don't be emotional about it. Just think about it, about it as a practical discussion to have with your family. Don't, you don't want to get over, if you, if you get emotional, you're going to get overwhelmed. And the idea here is just to be responsible and to be practical and just taking five minutes to jot down the most important things that your family would need to know about is step number one, that it shouldn't be emotional. It should just be, okay, I'm just going to get this done today. And um, I'm going to feel like a hero afterwards. And I know my family will be all set um, is, is really what we try to get people doing. It's just taking that first step and just doing the things. It doesn't have to be scary. You don't have to do your will on day one. You can literally just give somebody in your life the unlock code to your phone or make sure that somebody has access to your password manager and that your passwords are stored somewhere. Make sure somebody has access to if you're using a service like Everplans, somebody has access to your Everplans account. Um, it's it, it's just doing like the, the the bare minimum, which will get you over the hump, and then you'll start to be able to do more and more and more. And um, and so yeah, we we really say it should not. Let's not have this be an emotional conversation. Let's just have this be a practical one. Definitely. Okay, I, I lied. I actually have two more questions because I have a follow up to that. What you just said. Um, this, so when you're talking to family members, so I've, I've spoken to people who are resistant to do it for themselves, but then I, I've also seen firsthand uh, people who are resistant to talk about other people's estate plans. Like, you know, maybe a child or a grandchild, it makes them sad to think about it, so they don't want to. So, or, uh, you know, a child is, an adult child is talking to their parents about their plans and wishes. Um, how do you uh, navigate those conversations or like what are some best practices to get <laughs> to get that started too? Yeah, well, it's true. It's it's it, in it and you know we can't we can't discount the fact that it is hard to have these conversations. It's a topic that nobody wants to think about. Um, and and so we what do we do to just start having those conversations? One of the tips that we give is just to I mean, you could be at the dinner table and a strategy could be, you are with your parents who maybe haven't wanted to talk about this in the past, but you could broach the conversation by saying, you know, I'm thinking about getting uh, life insurance for the first time. Um, I'm not really sure what to do. I'd love some advice. By the way, do you have life insurance? 
And that might be a way of starting a natural conversation around just the topic in general. Um, a story that uh, I, I tell is that we have, um, we, and I mean, don't think of this as a morbid story, but when um, my dad has told us that it, in the event, and by the way, he's knock on wood in really good health, nothing's gonna happen to my dad, but anytime soon. <laughs> but he said when he dies, he wants the most expensive casket that we could find. He wants, he wants like the, he wants us to go to the plate, you know, to the place and buy the most expensive thing, the most, the, the most beautiful um, uh, mahogany velvet, you know, lined casket. I, by the way, I don't like talking about caskets either. And we were like, really, dad, that's really interesting. We never would have thought you wanted that. And lo and behold, he's now changed his mind and has told us that he's, he, he went to a funeral and realized he doesn't really want that. He, he doesn't want to spending all of that money. But it's kind of become a joke in our family. And we use it as a, as a, as a, as a light, even though it doesn't seem like the most lighthearted thing, but we kind of joke with him about, well, what do you really want, dad? Because in the event that something happens, we need to know. And then we use that to talk about more serious things. That's great. I mean, it's important to find, you know, the light in, in the middle of those conversations and also to remember just how important it actually is to talk about these things. Um, so I have one more question, but before that, I just wanted to make sure that the viewers um, heard you the first time. Could you just repeat the title of your book? Uh, sure. It's um, In Case You Get Hit by a Bus, How to Organize Your Life Now for When You're Not Around Later. Perfect. And um, we have spoken about this in the past. I've, I've written, you know, I've included you in a few stories in the past. So um, I'm sure it's somewhere on marketwatch.com too. But there are also, if you search that title, you'll you'll be able to find it. Oh, yeah. It's available. It's available anywhere books are sold. Um you can buy it uh, at your local independent bookstore. You could buy it on Amazon. Um, you could go to Barnes and Noble, where apparently we're right next to the dictionary. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Oh, All your resources right there. <laughs> exactly. Um, or And certainly you can also go to everplans.com, where we take you through a step-by-step guide you can download our app now um, that will help you go through every single thing that we just talked about today organize all that information put it inside your secure vault and make it accessible to the people in your life who need access to it that's awesome all right so i have one more question and then i think that's all the time we have um this one is just you, you had mentioned it before about the pandemic nobody expecting to live in the midst of a multi-year pandemic um what have you seen in the estate planning world or like how have you seen the pandemic impact the way people do think about um you know their last wishes and estates and all that i think that before we were all faced with covid and um and you know pre-covid world doing all of this type of planning would i, I would have said people would have thought is is nice to have planning but now I think people realize that you never know when you're going to get hit by a bus and that it's become need to have planning. This isn't just nice to have, but it's, it's, it's imperative that we share important and practical information between people because in the event that something happens to you, in the event that you're quarantined and your family needs to get access to some important you know, information or health information or document that you need to have your information available. It needs to be accessible. It needs to be thought, you know, thoughtful. And, um, and, and it's just, 
really important and we just never know when things are going to happen. And it's really, really important to start thinking about things now. That is certainly the truth. So unfortunately, that is all the time that we have. This has been a great conversation and really eye-opening for me and I'm sure all of our viewers. So thank you so much for speaking with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me and I look forward to talking more about this in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you to our audience for tuning in. We hope you listen to our next episode tomorrow. Becky Strum, Managing Editor of Mansion Global, is joined by George Ratu, Senior Economist from Realtor.com, to discuss a shakeup in cities atop the Wall Street Journal Realtor.com Emerging Housing Markets Index. So thank you again for listening today. Um, I hope you stay safe and have a great day. The energy transition is a long and winding road, and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com.